Welcome to the Rerooted and Thriving Podcast, the podcast where we remind you to reroute yourself in your natural skills and talents so that you can thrive in your leadership. We believe that each of you has leadership ability, and this is the podcast to show you just how to use it. I'm Dr. Tamara Wilkerson Dias, occasional runner, book lover, and your podcast host. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Rerooted and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. D. And this week, I'm actually going to get started a little differently. Um, I do want to start off this episode with just a moment of pause and a moment of recognition um, for the mass shooting in Buffalo, where um, many lives were lost, um, specifically in a part of town where Black people were able to go and get food in what is known as a food desert. Um, 13 people were shot. And I want to take a moment just to pause um, for these folks who lost their lives, for everyone that was injured, and just everybody who was feeling the weight and the trauma and the pain of this situation. So I'll go ahead and pause for a moment. All right, thank you for allowing me to have that pause. Um, My thoughts are with the families of all of those who lost their lives. My heart and my prayers are with that community right now. Um, Yeah, um, and it's a very heavy thing to think about. Um, We've had so many mass shootings already in 2022 and it just further, you know, breaks my heart every time I hear about one um, on the news. So I wanted to just take that pause. All right, so this week on the podcast, I want to talk about something that I know as a Black woman in corporate and nonprofit spaces is something that I've dealt with. And then, of course, as a career coach, it's a conversation that I've had with clients before. So I'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast, it is likely something that you have encountered in your journey as well. And that is gaslighting in the workplace. Now, some of you, as soon as I said that, you immediately probably nodded your head and said, okay, let's do it. Because I already, I've been there. I know what that's like. Let's jump right in. Some of you all may have said, huh? What? Why are we here? Why are we talking about this? Either way, we're going to jump in and I'm going to give just an overview of what gaslighting is. So I'll start off with the definition first. This definition is going to come from learning for justice. Y'all know that I'm an educator at heart. Learning for Justice uh, was formerly Teaching Tolerance. They changed their name and they are a great space that just provides resources and tools for educators who are seeking to be culturally competent, anti-racist, and really inclusive of students and their colleagues from all backgrounds. And so typically when I need definitions or clarity, Learning for Justice is where I go. So shameless plug for them, they didn't sponsor this, just so you know. Um, But the definition that they give around gaslighting is a practice in which people try to persuade you that what you see, the reality that you know to be true, is in fact not true at all. So I thought about this. um, And additionally, um, I believe, I'll give you another definition too. Psychology Today defines gaslighting as a tactic in which a person or entity, in order to gain more power, 
makes a victim question their reality. So two very similar definitions, just worded differently. Either way, you are put into a position where your reality is now brought into question specifically because the person who is gaslighting you wants the power or the control in the situation. Gaslighting a lot of times leads to the individual or you or me or whoever is a victim of gaslighting. It leads to us shifting what we may believe in the situation or what we know is reality. So they've questioned it. Now we start to doubt if it's even true. It leads to us doubting our own instincts. So we begin to question ourselves. Um, and then it can also lead to manipulation, denial, and just mistrust overall. I wanted to talk about gaslighting on this podcast episode because I don't think it's a topic that's discussed as often as it should be when it comes to workplace culture and workplace climate. So often, you know, I feel like most corporate environments, most corporate entities now are thinking about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. How do we embrace diversity? How do we embrace equity? How do we become more inclusive? Oh, let's just talk about implicit bias. Let's just talk about, you know, appreciating people from different racial and ethnic backgrounds. Awesome. But alternatively, when we really get into culture and what it feels like to work in toxic or hostile work environments, a lot of people, a lot of us, myself included in the past, have worked in environments where people in power use gaslighting as a tactic to make those environments even worse, to make them more hostile and to make them more toxic. So I wanted to talk about gaslighting today because unfortunately, it is common for a lot of my clients. Y'all know that I'm a coach. I'm an inclusive career and leadership coach. I work with women specifically who are looking to transition into their next, next role, next leadership, whatever that is. And so many of them, when we first meet, when we first have that conversation, they usually can share with me about an experience or a time where they had to deal with or combat gaslighting in the workplace. And so when I started, I shared in that definition that gaslighting not only leads to you, you doubting yourself, but it also leads to manipulation and denial. And working in those spaces are negative, they're toxic. And so I wanted to share um, today, if you're not sure, if you think you might be, what are the signs of being in an environment where someone is gaslighting you? What does a gaslighter do specifically in the workplace? So this, these things can look a little bit different depending on the setting or environment you're in. But today I wanted to talk about if you're dealing with a gaslighter in the workplace, which, what, what does that behavior look like? Um, one of the first things that I think you can notice when someone is gaslighting you or you're interacting with a gaslighter is they lie pretty straightforward. Um, doesn't mean that all liars are gaslighters, not necessarily, but in every situation where I have dealt with the gaslighter, they have lied. Um, and it has been in a space where I had a meeting with you yesterday. We discussed what the outcomes were supposed to be. We discussed what the final product was supposed to look like. And then today, when you walked in the office, you, you mentioned all of these objectives that you didn't bring up. Or you completely change the objectives in front of everyone else or at a team meeting. Um, you, it makes you feel like you don't know what to believe anymore because we have conversations or we meet and you tell me one thing and then you lie about what you told me in public or later on. 
when I've been in situations where I've dealt with a gaslighter who consistently lies, I had to keep a heavy paper trail. I remember saving every email. At one point I had recorded conversations because it just seemed like after every single time we would meet, after every single time we would have a follow-up conversation, we would get into group meetings and this individual would act like we never met or we never talked. And the story would shift completely. And just like that definition I showed you where it says dealing with the gaslighter causes you to deny, to you know question yourself, they're making you think that your reality is false. So then you start to feel a little bit like, am I crazy? Did I imagine this? And y'all, I remember feeling like that. I remember one meeting specifically where I had with a former supervisor and I was in that meeting and the purpose of the meeting was to do a pre-meeting before a much larger group meeting. And I specifically remember saying, I'm gonna do this because we need to be on the same page. You and I need to go into this meeting, making sure that you know my objectives and I know your objectives so that we can just present as a team and everybody knows where we're coming from. And we had agreed upon so many things and it was like, great, awesome. I know what I'm gonna say. And y'all, we got to that meeting the next day and I will never forget sitting across from this person and listening to them tell a completely different narrative. It was like we hadn't met. I hadn't typed up an agenda. I didn't send over follow-up notes. All of that went out the window. So then of course, everybody else at the meeting looked at me like I was in a different universe because everything that I said was confusing and contradictory to what my colleague at, well, my supervisor at the time had said. So when I dealt with a, a gaslighter who specifically lied all the time, I had to take that paper trail and I had to follow up and document everything. Um, and so that's a that's kind of an indicator that you might be dealing with the gaslighter is someone who displays that type of behavior. Um, the next one, gaslighters will typically say things like, oh, you're just being really sensitive. Oh, you know, stop, stop letting everything get to you. Just lighten up a little bit. No need for you to, you know, wear your heart on your sleeve, toughen up a little bit. You need thicker skin. For me, this has showed up in a lot of situations where I've had to deal with mansplaining. Those of you all that may not be, have dealt with mansplaining or know what that defini definition is. So typically it is when I, as a woman, have been in a workplace meeting or a workplace setting and I say something, I assert a fact, or I speak to something and then a man over talks me or gives me a rebuttal of what I said as to say, you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, or they try to, you know, just tell me like, I know more about this than you do. So let me go ahead and just keep talking over you or cut you off or say what I need to say. In those situations, I had to deal with that. Don't be sensitive. When I called it out and I asserted the idea of no, actually, you should probably let me finish what I'm going to say. I don't talk to me like that. You shouldn't, I don't know who you're talking to, but you don't need to talk to me like that. Or I brought it up. I got lots of responses of don't be so sensitive, toughen up. You need thicker skin. Another one that I heard that also falls into this category was that's just how he is. And so many people, regardless of what was said to me, would always say that's just how he is. As though to say, you have to deal with this because we all make concessions for this horrible personality, these horrible traits. We all, and 
it would people would always follow up by saying like, oh, I know that that person's rude. I know he's rude. I know he says a lot of disrespectful things, but that's just how he is. And it was so shocking to me, not that so many people knew like that's how he is. I mean, that part was shocking, but it was also the number of people that affirmed that this person had also talked to them that way. So it was almost like the, well, I get, they're rude to me too. They're disrespectful to me too, all like all the time. And I'm dealing with it. So don't be so sensitive, just toughen up. You just have to deal with what they're saying. And that for me was a clear indicator that I was dealing with someone who was trying to gaslight me. I had to then speak up and kind of assert myself and not be ashamed to call people out when they were doing things. So as I mentioned, I would say, don't speak to me that way. Not sure who you're talking to, but rephrase that. Let's try saying that again. Find some different words for me. Or my favorite to ask a question and push back. Tell me more about that. What do you mean when you say, and then I would quote what that person said. Or when they would try to mansplain me or repeat what I would just say, what I just said, you know, like when I give a great idea and nobody listens and then somebody follows up and repeats what I just said, I will absolutely say like, oh, absolutely. Thanks for doing a great job of rephrasing my idea that I just presented. Y'all, I, <laughs> I think back as I'm, as I'm sharing these with you, I'm literally transported back to moments where I had to deal with this and whew. Grateful that I'm not there, but if you are, if you're already taking notes because you've been in this position, um, you already know that I'm going to give you some advice and some, some thoughts here that you should probably look at transitioning out of where you are. That's another episode though. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and jump into this next behavior that you may be dealing with a gaslighter. And all the ones that I'm sharing are ones that I've dealt with myself. So these behaviors are behaviors that I've seen and experienced firsthand in the workplace. So unfortunately, you are hearing from my experience and, you know, my own challenges. Another, so in following up into the, you know, you're so sensitive piece, um, I also want to acknowledge this last piece of dealing with a gaslighter. They make sexist or racist comments and then deny it. Now, racism and sexism are just two of the many isms that appear in the workplace. You have ableism, you have homophobia, like there's so many different things um, when it comes to mistreating people and disrespecting people and discriminating against those, uh, against others. Sexism and racism are the two that I've dealt with the most as a black woman in, in corporate space, in the nine to five space. So those are the two that I highlighted, but by all means, all of the other isms, insert there. They make any of those comments and then they deny it. And this goes back to lying, but specifically I wanna talk about sexism and racism because when you deal with that trauma, that reinforced trauma of somebody being sexist towards you or racist towards you, it takes that lying to a whole nother level. And a lot of times we see gaslighters consistently make offensive comments um, from their learned behaviors or their own personal beliefs, and then just kind of act like they didn't say it in the first place. Like, I've never said any of that. I, uh, did I say that? I had no idea. Um, and then they, they start to kind of go back to you again, going back to that, looking at you, like you're the one with the problem because you brought it up and pulling back 
or acknowledging that they said something, but oh my goodness, I would never say anything that's actually racist or actually sexist. So then they try to shift their words after the fact. And I've had to really be mindful of, in these situations of how I protect myself and what steps I'm taking to kind of shield myself from comments like these, from hate speech, from disrespect. And I've realized, I know that I can't control anybody else's actions. And even as someone who works in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, in terms of supporting organizations and teams on their journeys, I can teach, I can educate, I can share resources, but I don't have the power to change someone else's mind. They have to do that. They have to hear what I'm saying and take in the knowledge and then want to change. And I think for me, I just really learn that if I can't change you, then I need to do all that I can to cover myself and make sure that I'm doing what I can to care for myself. And that for me, that proactive mindset of there's a good chance that you, you know, you're, you have your own beliefs, your own actions everything that you've learned up until this point and you may even be resistant to what i'm trying to tell you and you're going to tell me that's not what i said or did i do that i don't remember doing that and in those situations the most important thing that i can do is take care of myself and ask myself what do i need in this moment to shield myself from this speech from these comments um and so that for me has been essential in those types of environments as I'm dealing with someone who's a gaslighter and who is really making my workspace and my work environment toxic. All right. So as usual, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode with a pearl of wisdom. And I felt like because I, I ended on this idea of protecting your peace and protecting your yourself and your sustainability, I want to give a quote around that. So I'm going to rely on the former first lady, Michelle Obama, for this one. And she said, to be a good parent, you need to take care of yourself so that you can have the physical and emotional energy to take care of your family. And so she said parent and family, but I want to insert here to be a good anything, to be a good sister, to be a good brother, to be a good leader, to be a good supervisor, to be a good colleague, to be a good friend, to be a good human. You need to take care of yourself so that you can have the physical and emotional energy to take care of anyone else, any other responsibility, any other task that is placed before you. All right, that's going to bring this week's episode of the Rerooted and Thriving podcast to a close. And of course, I'll see you right back here same time next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Rerooted and Thriving Podcast. Remember, there are two major ways to work with me right now. The first, booking a power hour session. In just one hour, we focus on one topic that is really nagging your brain right now, and I help you problem solve so that you leave with an actionable plan. The second is through my three-month Boss Up Your Leadership Academy. This is a one-on-one program where you have the opportunity to engage with me, utilizing my framework, teaching you how to level up in your leadership, your career, and finally secure the position that you want. 
For more information, check out my website, www.tamradias.com, or feel free to shoot me a message on either Twitter or Instagram at Dr. Tamara W. Dias. I look forward to working with you soon. Have a great week.